Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Daily Friend Wrap. I'm your host, Nicholas Lorimer, and today I'm joined by Mr. Homer Pretorius, who has recently popped a rib, but is still here with us anyway, so we're very glad to have him. So let's get into the news of today. And the first one is, I don't know how important this is in the grand scheme of the great debates about policy in this country, uh, or, or its politics, but it, it certainly says something. And this is some comments made um, by Fakila Imbalula, Secretary General of the ANC. He uh, was... Uh, uh, hailing the service delivery record of the ANC, um, and he was saying that you now have taps in your yards. Before you used to stand in queues for a tap. Yes, there may not be water, but you have a tap inside your yard delivered by the ANC. It's very easy to be opposition. You form a political party and you say what you like, but it's difficult to be government. Well, I think I do agree with him that uh, it is difficult to be government. But man, oh man, is this... (laughs) delusional, out-of-touch nonsense. What do you make of this? I mean, it's not even let them eat cake. It's like, let them look at cake or or let them smell cake or let them hear about the existence of cake. Um, And the irony is that Mbalula really, as a South African, gives me a lot of hope. Um, Because if he's in charge of the ANC, then the country can only get better. but there is something quite remarkable about the fact that the ANC at one point had a proud record of service delivery. It wasn't always, you know, this wanton disaster. Between 1996 and 2007, the rollout of access to water, access to sanitation, access to electricity really did well. It picked up and it, it coincided with the most successful period of the ANC's political electoral journey but now we're into you know another decade into just the halt of progress and then the erosion of progress so it's his story isn't complete it's yes they used to wait in queues for taps yes they have taps in their yard yes the taps are dry now but they weren't always there was a small little golden era right, and that, when the tap this, this... This is this is kind of the way that the ANC uh, did it, has done its service deliveries. It did roll out quite a lot of services, but it just didn't put any sort of structures behind that. It was like a big slosh of money. It's like here's all this infrastructure, and that's the last time we're ever going to touch it. <laughs> and a lot of it is now broken. A lot of it is not working properly. Um, what's also weird about this is that he was speaking at the funeral of an ANC uh, regional leader. Um, so this wasn't like an off the cuff remark while arguing with an angry, hostile crowd who were demanding better service delivery or something. I mean, <laughs> this is really out-of-touch stuff. I, I, I don't think there's anything more one can say on this. It is, it is as out-of-touch as it is possible to be. I mean, the only thing, the only thing that might, might have made it more out-of-touch is if he said, yeah, my colleagues and I have water. I don't know what you're complaining about. That, that's <laughs> the only way. He could have been more out of touch. Well, um, we'll have to see how he tries to back out from this one. But all I can say is it's going to be an exciting election campaign in South Africa next year with Fikile Mbalula in the mix at such a senior yes, level. He's really, um, he's really going to tap into what South Africans care about. Exactly. <laughs> 
Okay, so let's move on to our next story, and this is about the unemployment rate. We've got the unemployment rate for the second quarter of this year, and there's some good news. Uh, it's very slightly down. Um, it fell to 32.6% down from 32.9%. Um, and the jobless, uh, uh, the, if you include it in the expanded definition, which is the real unemployment rate, um, it dropped from 42.4% uh, of the population that's looking for work or, or wants to work uh, being unemployed to 42.1%. So it's from 424 to 42.1%. So 0.3% drop in unemployment. Not very good. I guess it's a movement in the right direction. I'm, I've saw some articles saying that we're now back to about where we were after the uh, after the massive job losses during the pandemic. Uh, but that's still, we don't seem to quite be there yet. I've seen that headline a couple of times. So we kind of seem to just be frozen in place. And we shouldn't be yeah. surprised at all the crazy policies coming out of government. That's the problem. That's the problem is... Um, of, of course, one person in South Africa being employed where they weren't is is great. I mean, we we, we are liberals. We look at the individual before um, we see them as part of sort of some racial group or whatever. So, if one individual has a better life, has a job, that's wonderful. But the problem is, this isn't an indication of a turnaround um, because. We the, the 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 headlines that you saw, I, I also saw, and they said we are almost back to the level of unemployment when COVID hit. But that was still disastrous. That was still, you know, either the worst or the second worst in terms of absolute youth unemployment uh, in in the world. Um, so yeah, yeah, fine, fair enough. You know, it's it's point three percent lower. But if we look twenty years ago. It was even better than than we are now. It is it is insane that if you look at like 1923, had better black unemployment stats than 2023. Um, and the question is, what happened in the last 20 years that might have might have cost us jobs? Might it be the systematic destruction of any investment incentive investment that you need? to create jobs through stuff like expropriation without compensation or the systematic rollout of a massive administrative state, increasing control of who gets to do business what, the fueling of sectoral mafias in some of our key industries like manufacturing, building, and mining. Might it be that black economic empowerment has actually been blatant elite enrichment because the year before, BEE became policy, we actually had better unemployment stats than we have today. So yes, 0.3 decline, yeah, welcome. But a third, a third of your working age population being unemployed is still bloody disastrous. And let me just say that on that last point in particular, uh, if you are for BEE, you are not for redress. Because in the practical consequences of BEE have been the continued trapping of millions of people in poverty. And that is not, you can't even call that a form of redress. It's not a philosophical disagreement about, you know, are some people for a, a redress in terms of uh, race and some people are in forms of for redress in terms of uh, ec uh, economic status. No, no, BE just doesn't work. It doesn't help poor black people, which is what a stated aim is. And as a result, it really needs to be chucked out. 
In 2009, Mulet Zimbeki wrote Architects of Poverty, in which he took down BEE as a tool that allowed the apartheid-era corporate elite to have a new group of friends in government, a new rent-seeking class. 2009, and we are still, we are still somehow, our Minister of Labour can sleep at night knowing that he is pushing harder for the same types of policies that have made him and his cronies millionaires while leaving millions of black South Africans exactly where apartheid left them in poverty. Exactly. Okay, so let's move on to our last story. And this was just a headline that caught my eye. Um, it was DA's uh, Nonsa Machesi joins Rise and Sanzi. So I thought, oh, I haven't heard this DA politician. Let me just look him up. And I really didn't find much. Um, uh, they, they, served, they, they had a couple of media hits uh, relating to her. She had a couple of media hits relating to her time in the, uh, uh, the education, basic education portfolio. But generally, you know, there wasn't that much public thing. And I think, Herman, you, when, when I showed you the story, you kind of raised a very important point here, which is that so many of our MPs, people who are supposed to represent the country, are just, they're kind of not there. They're not, they're not in the public eye. They're not, it's not really discernible what they're doing. Maybe they're doing good work in committees, but even there, the committee process is not very good in Parliament because the ANC usually just pushes through whatever it was originally planning to do. Sometimes they, they squabble with themselves and then they withdraw something. But generally speaking, Parliament is just not working. Yeah, so Guy Fawkes, is, Guy Fawkes Day is the 5th of November in the UK, where about four centuries later, they still remember when Parliament almost burnt down. That is significant in their history that four centuries down the line, they're still thinking about it. Our parliament actually burnt down and no one noticed. Nothing changed. The state of governance, the state of accountability in South Africa didn't move one iota for the ordinary citizen in terms of is their life better or worse. And I think that's just so symbolic. If parliament can burn down without life in South Africa being altered in any way, it really says a lot about what on earth our democratic institutions are doing. You and I, Nick. We are, you know, polit political geeks or nerds or wonks or whatever you want to call us. I think we'll be lucky to, between the two of us, name 50 MPs out of 490. Yeah, exactly. And then, exactly. And, and we, you're, of course, including the National Council of Provinces in that, in that mix as yes. well. Yes. And the, the, the tragedy is, the tragedy is, is that the priority of parties like the DA um, can be to excel in government there where people see government. Refuse collection, roads, water, electricity. A party that puts its A-listers at local government level will be able to make a real difference where you can, where the, the anonymity of shifting from the DA to Rise and Zanzi could actually be circumvented if people say, I recognize you. But if we have 490 MPs and we're not even sure who they are, I mean, it really says a lot about uh, just the, the, the depressing state of our low expectations. 
No, exactly. Okay. Um, well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope that you found our show interesting today. And uh, that's a wrap. Cheers, everyone. Thank you.